Chapter Four of Rowdy of the Cross L by B. M. Bower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter Four Pink as Chaperone. Rowdy was sprawled ungracefully upon somebody's bunk. He neither knew nor cared whose. And he was snoring unmelodiously and not dreaming a thing. For, when a cowpuncher has nothing in particular to do, he sleeps to atone for the weary hours when he must be very wide awake. An avalanche descended upon his unwarned middle and checked the rhythmic ebb and flow of sound. He squawked and came to life clawing viciously. I'd like to know where the devil you come from, a voice remarked plaintively in a soft treble. Rowdy opened his eyes with a snap. Pink, by all that's good and bad. Get up off my diaphragm, you little fiend. Pink absent-mindedly kneaded Rowdy's stomach with his knuckles and immediately found himself in a far corner. He came back, dimpling mischievously. He looked much more an angel than a fiend, for all his angora chaps and flame-colored scarf. Your bed and war bag's on my bunk. You're on Smokey's and Dixie's making himself to home in the corral. By all them signs and tokens, I'd give a reckless guess you're here to stay a while. That right? He prodded again at Rowdy's ribs. It sure is, Pink. And if I'd known you was holding out here, I'd a come sooner, maybe. You sure look good to me, you darn little cuss. Rowdy sat up and took a lightning inventory of the four or five other fellows lounging about. He must have slept pretty sound, he thought, not to hear them come in. Pink read the look and bethought him of the necessary introductions. This is my sidekicker over the line that you've heard about till you're plumb weary, boys, he announced musically. His name is Rowdy Vaughn, Bronco Peeler, Crap Fiend, an all-round bad man. He ain't a safe companion and you want to sleep with your six-gun cuddled under your right ear, and never on no account show him your backs. He's a real wolf, he is, and the only reason I live to tell the tale is because he respects my size. Boys, I'm afraid for you, but I wish you well. Pink, you need killing, and I'm tempted to live up to my rep, grinned Rowdy indulgently. Read me the pedigree of your friends. Oh, they ain't no worse when you get used to em. That long-legged Jasper with the far-away look in his eyes is the silent one. If he takes a notion to you, he'll maybe tell you the name his mother calls him. He may have seen better days, but here's hoping he won't see no worse. He once was a tenderfoot, but he's convalescing. The silent one nodded carelessly but with a quick, measuring glance that Rowdy liked. This unshaved savage is smoky. He's harmless, if you don't mention socialism in his presence. And if you do, he'll down with the trust and long live the sons of toil all hours of the night and keep folks awake. Then him and the fellow that started him off will likely get chapped good and plenty. Oh, well, there's Jim Ellis and Bob Nevin. They both turned a cow or two, and I've seen worse specimens running around loose. Plenty of them. That man hiding behind a grin, 
you can see him if you look close is sunny sam you needn't take no notice of him unless you're a mind to he won't care he's dead gentle say he broke off how do you happen to stray on to this range anyhow you used to belong to the horseshoe bar so solid the assessor always took you down to the personal property list i won't pay taxes on me no more son Rowdy's eyes dwelt fondly upon Pink's cupid bow mouth and dimples. He had never dreamed of finding Pink here, though, when he came to think of it, there was no reason why he shouldn't. Pink was not like anyone else. He was slight and girlish to look at, but you mustn't trust appearances, for Pink was all muscles strung on steel wire, according to the belief of those who tried to handle him. He had little white hands and feet that looked quite comfortable in a number four boot and his hair was a tawny gold and curled in distracting damp rings on his forehead his eyes were blue and long-lashed and beautiful and they looked at the world with baby innocence whereas a more sophisticated little devil never jangled spurs at his heels he was everything but insipid and men liked him unless he chose to dislike them when they thought of him with grating teeth to find him bullying the cross l boys brought a warmth to rowdy's heart pink made a cigarette and then offered rowdy his tobacco sack and asked questions about the cypress hills country how was this girl and was that one married yet and did the other still grieve for him as a matter of fact he had yet to see the girl who could quicken his pulse a single beat and for that reason it sometimes pleased him to affect susceptibility beyond that of other men it was after dinner when he and rowdy went humming down to the stables gossiping like a couple of old women over a back fence i see you got conroy's chub yet pink observed carelessly oh for heaven's sake let up on that cayuse rowdy cried petulantly i wish i'd never got sight of the little buzzard head i've had him crammed down my throat the last day or two till it's getting plumb monotonous pink that cayuse never saw oregon he was raised right on this flat and he belongs to old rodway i got to lead him back there and turn him over today pink took three puffs at his cigarette and lifted his long lashes to rowdy's gloom-filled face stole he asked briefly stole rowdy repeated disgustedly so was the whole blame bunch as near as i can make out we might a knowed it we might a guessed harry conroy wouldn't have a straight title to anything if if he could make it crooked i bet he never finished paying back the money you lent him out of the kindness of your heart did he pink leaned against the corral fence then kicked meditatively at a snow-covered rock he did not my son chubb's all i ever got out of that deal and i haven't even got him i borrowed him from rodway to pack my bed over borrowed the blame little runny cayuse that cost me sixty-four hard-earned dollars that's what harry borrowed of me and every blame gazebo on the flat wanted to know what i was doing with him i can tell you where to find conroy rowdy he's working for an outfit down on the river i'd sure fix him for this you got plenty of evidence you can send him up like a charm it was different when he cut your latigo strap in that rough riding contest you couldn't prove it on him but this 
Why, man, it's a cinch. I am lost, Harry Conroy, so I ain't looking for him just now, growled Rowdy. As long as he keeps out of reach, I won't ask no more of him. And, Pink, I wish you'd keep this quiet about him having Chubb. I told Rodway I couldn't put him next to that fellow that brought that bunch across the line. I told him the fellow went north and got killed. He did go north, fifty miles or so, and he ought to have been killed if he wasn't. Let it go that way, Pink. Pink looked like a cherub-faced child when he's been told there's no Santa Claus. Sure, if you say so, he stammered dubiously. He eyed Rowdy reproachfully and then looked away to the horizon. He kicked the rock out of place, and then poked it painstakingly back with his toe, and from the look of him, he did not know there was a rock there at all. How'd you happen to run across Rodway? he asked guilelessly. I stopped there last night. I got to milling around in that storm, and ran across the school mom that boards at Rodway's. She was plumb lost, too. So we dubbed around together for a while and finally got inside Rodway's field. Then Chubb come alive and piloted us to the house. This morning Rodway claimed him, says the brand has been worked from a Roman four. Oh, it's all straight goods, he added hastily. Old Eagle Creek here knew him too. But Pink was not thinking of Chubb. He hunched his chap belt higher and spat viciously into the snow. I knowed it he declared with melancholy triumph. It's school mamitis that's gave you a softening of the vitals and not no Christian charity play. How come you took that way all unbeknownst to your friends? You never used to bother about no female girls. It's a cinch you're wise that she's Harry's sister and I'd admit she's a swell looker. But so's he, and I should think, Rowdy, you'd had about enough of that brand of snake. There's nothing so snaky about her that I could see, defended Rowdy. He did not particularly relish having his own mental argument against Miss Conroy thrown back at him from another. She seemed to be all right, and if you seen how plucky she was in that blizzard, well, I never heard anybody stand up and call Harry white-livered when you come to that, Pink cut in tartly. Anyway, you're a blame fool. If she was a little white-winged angel, you wouldn't stand no kind of show. And i tell you why. She's got a little tin god that she says prayers to regular. That's Harry. And wouldn't he be the fine brother-in-law? He could borrow all your wages off'n you, and when you went to make a pretty ride, he'd up and cut your lattice go and give you a fall. And he could work stolen horses off onto you. And you wouldn't give a damn, cause Jessie wears a number two shoe. You must have done some rimrock riding after her yourself, jeered Rowdy, and has got shiny brown eyes just like Harry's. They're not, laughed Rowdy half angrily. If you say that again, Pink, I'll stick your head in a snowbank. Her eyes are all right. They sure look good to me. You sure got em mourned Pink. You need to be close-herded by your friends, and that's no dream. You wait till toward evening before you take that horse back. I'm going along to chaperone you, Rowdy. You ain't safe running loose any more. Rowdy cursed him companionably, 
and told him to go along if he wanted to, and to look out he didn't throw up his own hands, and Pink grumbled and swore and did go along. But when they got there, Miss Conroy greeted him like a very good friend, which sent Rowdy sulky, and kept him so all the evening. It seemed to him that Pink was playing a double game, and when they started home, he told him so. But Pink turned in his saddle and smiled so that his dimples showed plainly in the moonlight. Chaperones that sit in a corner and look wise are the rankest kind of fakes, he explained. When she was talking to me, she was letting you alone, see? Rowdy accepted the explanation silently and stored it away in his memory. After that, by writing craftily, and by threats, and by much vituperation, he managed to reach Rodway's unchaperoned at least three times out of five, which was doing remarkably well when one considers pink. End of chapter 4